Travel experts agree that the worst guidebook ever written is How Are Things at Walk? My Lovely Lake District by Jemima Penk. Commissioned by the Department of Solo Travel in 1968, the Westmoreland Gazette described this collection of recollections, hand-drawn routes and circular trails as clearly very dangerous. Penk's inability to draw, directions such as turn left when you see the wasp, and her description of Lake Coniston as my enormous wet child saw a public outcry. After mobs of disgruntled hikers attacked three travel bookshops, Cumbria County Council bought up every copy. The mayor, Jack Stanlow, told councillors, we're not in the business of burning books, but in this case, we're going to make an extension. I know, I know, but that is what he said. No copies of Jemima Penk's 400-page classic remain. It is, for me, a maligned work, a misunderstood, crucial text in the history of solo travel. And I've come to the North Lakes to retrace the origins and impact of this remarkable book, to follow in the footsteps of Penk, and to find out what kind of woman begins a walking guide with a chapter entitled How to Walk. Mike Prowse, the holiday man who does things on his own. This week's edition of the Mike Prowse Solo Travel Podcast is brought to you by Snooker. You can enjoy snooker in snooker halls, venues with lots of space, but probably not at home. The table's massive. So play some snooker soon. In Jemima Penk, I sensed an outsider, another solo spirit standing up to the travel big boys and quietly saying, shove off you. It can be hard to escape intrusive digital innovation in these days of TripAdvisor, Booking.com and Tetris. So the half-whispered suggestions of what was contained in the book have always fascinated me. Then, one night, I found myself playing whist with a rural GP, Ken Clark, and the travel journalist Simon Calder. Tied at six, things got tasty for the seventh trick, and Simon ended up losing his car, the make of which I have agreed not to name. Desperate, he begged me for mercy and produced his most treasured possession, the one surviving page of How Are Things at Walk, My Lovely Lake District. Long story short, he got his car back and I got Penk's precious page. With this artefact in hand, I intend to rehabilitate Jemima Penk as a heroine of solo travel, and I begin my forensic psychogeographic ambulatory experiment by following her single remaining page of directions up to Great Gable. I've been walking for two hours, I think, in the direction of the summit, and I'm finding this very hard. According to Jemima's instructions, I should be looking over Top Nancy, with views to the west of Idlewater and Brisk. But these aren't real places. She made them up because they sounded nice. I've lost the path too, partly because she directed me to leave that path 
when the mood takes you. It is, of course, easy to get discouraged, but Jemima was ahead of her time. Needless risk plays more of a role in holidays now. Let's face it, if you could go back and meet your old granddad fresh from the Normandy landings and present him with a late web deal bungee jumping in Ayanapa, you'd be on the receiving end of some serious side-eye, 1940s style. I'll distract myself from what I think might be hypothermia with a question. Who was Jemima Penk? While there is no record of her birth or formal schooling, this formidable Cumbrian woman is recorded in declassified National Archives as a staff member at Bletchley Park. She came to the attention of the War Office in 1941 when, as a 16-year-old butcher's assistant, tired of stocktaking, she manufactured a 12-foot by 4 rotary computer, which she christened the Infinity Nexus. Predating the Bletchley Colossus computer by many months, it could not only crunch huge amounts of data, it had a mechanical arm and pincer to sort bacon rind with. She dubbed this arm the Grabinator. A picture of her shaking hands with the Grabinator caught the imagination of Winston Churchill, and Jemima Pank was conscripted to the secret code-breaking station. When the computer was seized by the war office, Customers in the butchers were not sad to see it go. One told the Westmoreland Gazette, It's ridiculous. My husband is in a reserved occupation and the Infinity Nexus won't let him have his sausages. The world of snooker is at your fingertips. Alex Higgins coming back from 2-4 down to Terry Griffiths in the Benson and Hedges Masters in 1987. Tony Mio's immortal 1988 clash with Cliff Thorburn. Each 582 776 2276 There's an almost unlimited amount of information about snooker games on the internet. Read some today. Earlier, in relating how I won the only surviving page of Jemima Penk's guidebook in a card game, I named the travel journalist Simon Calder, while agreeing not to name the make of his car. This was, of course, the wrong way round. Seems obvious now. Simon has accepted that this is an error which is difficult to edit out, but he is a gentleman, and in the interest of clarity, he's asked me to tell you it was a 2007 Vauxhall Corsa. During her wartime service, Jemima Penk quickly caught the eye of her superiors. She was a natural codebreaker, having what one officer called an almost supernatural ability to sniff out the Nazis' cryptographic weak points. Unfortunately, such was her dedication to secrecy, every time she deciphered a German communication, she would instantly encrypt it again with her own far more advanced cipher to, in her words, keep Jerry guessing. It's thought the work of the Bletchley Park codebreakers shortened the war by two years. Penk extended it by three. And if I've got one thing in common with the Nazis, it's that she's keeping me guessing too. I'm lost. 
And I think it's time to... Okay, I've nearly fallen off a cliff there. All because of Jemima's instruction that I should absolutely, definitely go this way. Really go for it. Run if you like. I'm glad I didn't. I think it's time to keep calm, take stock, don't panic, and immediately scramble mountain rescue. Well, I'm just warming up in a lovely Lakeland tea house, having a coffee, some parking, and writing an email to Cumberland Mountain Rescue suggesting that I prefer the term service user to time-wasting prick. I must say, I'm slightly deflated. I really thought that Jemima Penk was something of a misunderstood genius, but perhaps that brilliance had waned, just like the number of Lakeland cafes. In 1898, there were 208 tea houses in Cumbria, and I'd like to tell you about the fascinating accounting system employed in 74 of them. Kitchen staff were obliged to go to the... Hang on. Prowse Penk had a secret. Look to the hexagon. The clue was obvious. In cryptography circles, hexagons are significant because of the conversion of strings of hexadecimal texts used in large-scale decoding. Could this be a clue? A piece of Penck's cryptographic brilliance directing me from beyond the grave? No. Because the lady behind the counter told me that the hexagon was the name of a social club on the high street. But she had a question for me. I leaned in. She asked... If I was the tit who called Mountain Rescue out because I'd wandered off a 45-minute family-friendly walking trail, I nodded and left for the hexagon. Snooker! The sport you play in evening dress. Get in quick before the rules change. Remember, from March it's reds, then green, black, pink, brown, yellow and finish on the blue, which is worth 600. Snooker! Get a game in before it's ruined. I'm heading to the nightclub now, and I must say, I'm very excited. Could Jemima Penk be alive? Or could I be about to find the holy grail of guidebooks? An actual surviving copy of How Are Things at Walk? Am I about to make the solo travel discovery of the century? I'm going in. The nightclub had been abandoned for some time. I knew this because next to the snooker table, the blackboard informed me that on the TV that night they'd be showing the 2005 Riley's Club Masters. If I recall, a win for Ronnie over John Higgins, 10 frames to 3 with a phenomenal screw back off the cushion to get onto the brown. Dusty tables, broken, flickering neon signs, and then I noticed there was a stairway heading down from the side of the stage can't see much. Feels like quite an open space, but I can't find the light. Hang on, this is it. <laughs> oh my god. It's the Infinity Nexus. There, squatting in the gloom, was the enormous bulk of the World War II supercomputer which had turned the tide of the war then turned it back again. The Grabinator hung limp and forlorn. 
on the machine's front were the huge dials which allowed strings of code to be inputted before the rotors whirred and gave their decryption. A thought occurred. What if Jemima Pank's strange book was in fact a code in itself? The surviving page was in my hand. I decided to use the huge dials to input her text into the machine. Would it tell me the truths Pank took to her grave? Or would it let me know if I could have any sausages? It's working. The rotors are moving. It's decrypting the page. Hang on. It says, I, Jemima Pank, attest to the to the idiocy of solo travel. My parody of The Lonely Wanderers has been unlocked. Solo travel is for chumps. What a massive waste of time. I feel sick. I can't read this. The distressing truth of the hack pank had been revealed. It soon became clear that the tip which led me to the hexagon had come from the mountain rescue team who remembered her holding court in the local boozers, shouting that walking in a big group is best. Billy no mates wanderers are the worst. The mountain rescue team clearly found the whole thing hilarious. They filmed me from the nightclub toilets and have put the whole thing online. You can find it on the Cumbrian Mountain Rescue YouTube channel titled Solo Goon Prowls Punked by Massive Computer of Dead Lady. As I went to leave the nightclub, I discovered they had also locked me in. I've now been in the hexagon for five hours. I've had a lot of time to think about Jemima Pank, war, and the seemingly random collisions of our lives. And to this end, I've placed a cue in the rusty grabinator of the Infinity Nexus, and we're playing snooker. And as the balls career across the green bays, perhaps I'll learn to forgive Jemima Pank, who history will recall as an author, a butcher's girl, and a wartime heroine. But for me, she'll always remain a conniving cow. This is Mike Prowse signing a Oh, good shot. You're going to kiss off the brown. You will kiss off the... Fair enough. You're going to have to double it. Double it. It's too tight. You're going to... You're going to... Bloody fluke.